Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company that makes the best artist materials for making that you can get. Over the last 25 years or so, I've been using Golden Acrylics, Mediums, and Materials, and I stand by the quality in their products. They make acrylics that stay wet longer, they dry flat, mediums to make you paint super thick and beautifully fluid. They also make Williamsburg oil paints and core watercolors as well. You can find Golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the fine coffee makers at Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum has amazing coffee beans that you can order straight to your door. On their website, you can choose from different roasts from different origins, and you can even get a coffee subscription where you can get different beans delivered to your door each week or month. I'm on this subscription plan and it's amazing. As a coffee fanatic, getting new roasts all the time delivered fresh to the door is amazing. If you get to Seattle, you can even see a 10 foot by 40 foot mural of mine in their 6th and Bell Street shop. Check out Fulcrum Coffee Roasters at fulcrumcoffee.com. This week on Sound and Vision, we're re-releasing a classic. This episode with Robin F. Williams, who's a brilliant painter, one of my favorite painters, uh, was originally broadcast on July 24th, 2016, and it was episode 24. It's hard to imagine this was seven years ago. And of course, since this podcast, Robin's put up a few amazing shows and um, has has really become an amazing artist. She wasn't already then. So, um, without further ado, this is a Sound and Vision Classic episode with Robin F. Williams. But yeah, this is maybe the last five months or so yeah. working here. And that's a drawing. What is that? Is that pastel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one, is that a study for this? Yeah. Yeah. So I started to do, that's kind of a newer thing, um, doing these large pastel drawings, um, I used to kind of, you can see some of the like really smaller sketches that are almost like thumbnail Yeah. Um, I used to go straight from those and there's just like a lot of stuff getting lost, like a lot of the looseness. So I felt like I just needed a stage in the middle that where it scaled up and, and stayed more gestural. And, yeah. um, and then sometimes I work more directly from a photographic res, uh, reference and then, uh, Sometimes I don't feel like it's necessary to to do the pastel there, but mm, I don't know. Yeah. Do you? Um, I always find like in the state in those stages, every time you change the material, it adds something to. Yeah, for sure. Like the next level. Yeah. And looking at this one, are you using any airbrush in there? Or yeah, yeah. There's um, there's airbrush in a couple of these. Yeah, maybe just these two. Um, yeah, that's a new thing. And I just got a new airbrush. I was using this like 30-year-old like hand-me-down airbrush mm-hmm. and I just thought that airbrushes were like super temperamental and like <laughs> difficult that's to the way use. They are. Yeah. And it was 
And I'm like, I'm going to take a gamble here and just get a new one. And it was like, oh, it just like opened up my world. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to use this all the time. Um, They're not so as yeah. expensive as they used to be. Yeah. Too. Like, and I always had this thing where I thought, oh, they cost a fortune. Right. And, and I already, the compressor is 30 years old, but it's still working. Uh, yeah. And that, so that I just had. That's like the main part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But the brush itself was like, yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah. Um, you're adding those different ways of like because this is like a combination of a lot of different right there's so in that one there's like um the fence that's kind of masked off or was masked off that's like a stain painting so first the canvas was just stained raw Mm -hmm. canvas stained then uh taped over it to make the uh mask for the fence then then i did the airbrushing and all the foliage and in the sunglasses then went in with oil and got kind of like more thick impasto mm-hmm. things so yeah I want like all of the different like depths of paint and like into the point where it's like sinking into the canvas and then like very much sitting on top so yeah um, and that's just kind of like a fun puzzle for me to figure out like the order of operations and yeah. how that has to come together and um, I'm trying to do that more and more I'm really trying to push that stuff going forward it comes across in person for sure because it looks like some of the paint is going into it Mm -hmm. and some is coming out yeah there's a lot of different layers going on in between which i think it helps because it's there from i guess from reproduction you could think that they're just semi-academic painting or like kind of like you know figurative painting (laughs) and in person you just there's a total different feel. Yeah, to I've been really struggling with how to represent them, how to reproduce them, because it's so hard. Because it is quite shallow, like in the in the grand scheme of things. Like there's definitely texture and depth, but like um, I'm not like I wouldn't call them sculptural necessarily. Yeah. Um, so it is really hard to capture uh, on camera. Like I mean, the one back there, there's like sand in the paint in certain places and like there's just a lot of different textures happening but you do have to like see them in person and kind of get your nose up to them um well that's the payoff of going yeah, to see paintings yeah. in person <laughs> i just gotta convince me. although so many people see things now in reproduction that mm-hmm. you know you've people forget you have to see stuff I in know. person to understand what it looks like i know and so much of like promoting yourself now is so like you know instagram based or like social media based and it's like all just reproduction so i try to i've been trying to do like uh, like more videos of Mm -hmm. like kind of panning over the surface and stuff yeah but um even that is a little tricky yeah it's not the same well i think too when you when you're using photographic references in some of the painting of like like in this where it's blurry in the back you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of has a photographic feel yeah which is obviously you know this other side of the way they were painting it with Mm -hmm. like masking out and then adding thicker parts to it yeah I kind of wanted to because I do my reference material does you know I'm often using photography but sometimes the sometimes the beginning of it is from a drawing and sometimes the beginning of it is from a photograph and Mm -hmm. I think some of the photographic references were getting a little mm, I don't know, I'm afraid I was going through the motions with them a little bit too much and just, like, taking too much for granted and I needed to come up with, like, reasons for it to be paint. And, um, like, yeah, I loved... As soon as I found the airbrush, I just... 
it just has so many signifiers to it. It definitely does that like out of focus photography thing, but it also does that like carnival t-shirt thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like race There's cars. There's like a taste and, thing in yes, there too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I love what it does with just like the depth of field, um, but it's also, yeah, this kind of like crafty, almost, you know, for lack of a better word, like kind of trashy approach, you yeah. know, which, but which I'm kind of looking for opportunities for that in these paintings. Um, and then, yeah, like the whole, the masking thing and this thing that I'm doing with um, surfaces and trying to create this like illusion of seeing through things or like whether things are on top or on the bottom or mm-hmm. how deep that, um, that texture is on the surface, um, like the airbrush is helping me with like creating those weird disconnects, um, just because it's such a a strange brush stroke. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such an out of focus brush stroke, so it wants to like recede. Um, do, you, do you remember those t-shirts? Those airbrushed? Oh yeah. I haven't thought about those in a long time. I've been time. thinking about making some. Actually. They were like rock, <laughs> weren't they like Bon Jovi or things like like they were I mean, rock? They were like whatever. I, I feel like or sunsets. Yeah, it was like. There are a lot of like vacation themes, <laughs> and it's funny. I just went into a store in Greenpoint that I pass all the time every mm-hmm. time I come to studio, um, and it's like this total kind of '90s throwback tie-dye place, <laughs> and it smells like patchouli, and it's so and the and the customer service is incredible. Yeah. Like I go in there, and the two guys that own it are like. Hi, welcome. Like we hand dye everything. Like here, everything's fair trade. You can go in the back and just play dress up. Just try everything on. And then they're like walking me through like every different style. I'm like, no, this is a tank top. Now this is a different style. I've been like paying attention to what the kids are wearing, and this is my little, little looser. What? So anyway, and then and of course there's a guy in front like airbrushing them and doing the like you know the peace signs yeah. and like you know all of the embellishments. They used to back in the eighties. They used to do like. The, the um, it's like a script. They all do yeah. your name yes. under the landscape yeah, in yeah, that yeah. in that classic like script, right. and they touch it up so the lights hitting it, right? And like the light hitting the hand there, yeah. just yeah. little touches yeah, on your name, yeah. and there's little sparkly things on the inside. I haven't thought of that in a while. Yeah, it's like you can get them. Like it reminds me of like if you went to a water park, like your your town's water park or whatever. There'd be some guy doing t-shirts and you'd do your name. Yeah, like yeah. So that's the danger. That's everyone who's lived through that. <laughs> when they think of airbrush, yeah. that's the warning sign. Yeah. In the back. It's like, wait, can I use this? Yeah. Because Which it, for me, I'm like, yes. Yeah. No, you have <laughs> to navigate cool. it, but it's in the yeah. back of your mind. That oh, this totally. was associated with like yeah. something really. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking for, like I said, I'm kind of looking for that. Like these are about kind of like, I mean, you can see they're all women. They're like kind of out at night or at dusk um they're like doing kind of slightly sexually deviant things or inappropriate things or um you know there's a lot of still lifes here that are set up kind of like yard sales or like mm-hmm. junk sales like they're kind of advertising they're getting rid of their they're putting it literally on the ground a lot of this stuff so there's like kind of low behavior or like um yeah, I was sort of interested in making, like, creepy women a little bit. Like, <laughs> outcast behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, like, I mean, I think I also wanted them to be doing some things right and some things wrong. So, um, like, 
you know, they're wearing, they're all wearing sunglasses. They're kind of like accessorizing or they're, or they're being sexual, but kind of in the wrong way. You know, you're yeah. supposed to be sexual and like this, this very sort of like, you're supposed to be sexy, but not sexual. You right. know, there's like these very narrow definitions that like, just are, I feel like are designed for women to fail at them. You know, they're like, like so nuanced and like constantly changing and like, you know, different in every different scenario. Like things you can do during the day, you can't do at night. And it's just, yeah. it's just like an a minute could shift and suddenly you're doing something inappropriate or sending the wrong signal. Right. Um, my work used to be pretty much exclusively oil paint. I'm kind of like mixing in other techniques now. But, um, but even, yeah, with the oil paint, kind of like coming up with ways to make it... Um, I don't know, like little hacks, kind mm -hmm. of like rendering hacks um, that'll still kind of like read like I rendered them from a distance, and then you get up close and you realize it was like, you know, uh, I used a, a jig or a stencil or like, um, or I'm doing a lot of like palette scraping stuff, like um, kind of troweling on um, paint onto a glass palette and like combing through it. Um, to make like grass, um, you know, and then scraping it up later, and then those become kind of like grass stickers, or like a lot of this gravel and stuff that I'm using are just like old paint scrapings that I'm just like slapping back up mm -hmm. with um, cold wax medium and then like painting over. And um, so I'm kind of trying to use oil paint in slightly alternative ways, or you know, ways that it. In some in some places, I'm using it for what it's designed for this that like luminosity and transparency, and in other places, I'm just like using it like paste. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm kind of trying to degrade it a little mm -hmm. bit, um, or using it like cement. You know, yeah. um, they feel very rock and roll. Like these, oh, these women in the paintings <laughs> have like this rock feel to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like they have. Well, it's probably. The sunglasses, the sunglasses yeah. and then they're like you're saying they're doing things that are maybe mm -hmm. you know little counter to or they, they yeah. just seem like kind of rock and roll right I mean I think I like the idea of painting them as very like cool and detached but I don't like I've never been a painter that can paint very cool and detached <laughs> like I you know even if I'm kind of trying to play with the significance of certain mediums like I'm still I don't know I feel like kind of a painfully earnest person sometimes mm -hmm. and that's not always like the fine art climate it's like never the fine art climate <laughs> so um I don't know there's something fun about like painting these women that kind of can't be understood and are just like a little above the fray or you know like can't be bothered to like get things right mm -hmm. you know um but that is right right yeah you know what I mean like yeah. that's kind of well and that's another thing I'm struggling with we're not struggling but just like wrestling with with these um like my own sort of like gendered instincts like to to be good at something mm -hmm. you know and to like get a gold star and to like I think there's there's like a disproportionate cultural pressure on women to be like good, you know. Right. Um, and I think you know we're like we want to raise our hand in class and get the right answer and like kind of check everything off, you mm -hmm. know. And so 
I think for a while I felt like bad about that and felt like I had to like you know I don't know I just felt embarrassed by that impulse and now I'm kind of just trying to like think about it and use it like the other thing that's driving me now is in like doing all of these different techniques and trying to throw like a lot of different approaches at a painting um is that kind of like um I don't know like anything you can do I can do better <laughs> I don't, yeah. like I can like that wanting to just like Ma oh well let me try to master this well, let me try to master this um, and some of that is kind of like interesting to me and can I do that at the same time that I like make a really imperfect woman or like you know uh, and where can I like relax that or find opportunities to undermine that or you know um, I don't know it's a it's a complicated impulse <laughs> yeah well you're encumbered it just by looking at it mm. you're encumbered by technique yeah like you have clearly a facility you yeah know what I mean so I think with people who are good at, at something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I'm not really good at oh, painting, that's not true but people who are naturally gifted at the process of mm. making something technically yeah always struggle with okay how much do I show yeah yeah because you don't like I'm definitely self-conscious about like well what am I trying to prove like am I showing off like what but I think I think I'm grateful that I found some subject matter where like that approach has some significance so you know when I'm painting about women and gender and them like in these situations where they're like suddenly tipping into um, wrong territory or some place where they're, you know, some way that they're not supposed to be acting or, you know, against their best intentions, you know, they're just trying to follow the rules. Like, um, you know, the woman behind me who's um, using a bowl of salad to masturbate, <laughs> like, um, I, that painting is called Salad Lover. And I was thinking about, you know, there's all these ways that women are advertised to, and there's, like, certain things that they're allowed to feel desire for. Mm -hmm. um, and, again, this, like, sexual but not sexy thing. Like, you know, the, like, those Yoplait commercials where they're like, oh, it's so oh, yeah. good, you know? Or, like, the... Um, Herbal, those 90s herbal essence commercials where yeah. they're like faking orgasm in the shower because yeah. they're like shampooing their hair and <laughs> and the, you're just and then like I don't know if you've ever experienced this but like sometimes when I'm in groups of women it's like a thing we do to bond with each other where we just like talk about our meal or like and inevitably if you're like in a work situation everybody's like trying to eat well around each other you just end up talking about your salad like and you're like why am I talking about my salad <laughs> there's this new place and it's like yeah. I've heard that like yeah. oh yeah it's called chopped or you right know, and you can get you can put what it, like if you only like tomatoes right. on your salad yeah, yeah yeah and I know it's just it's like polite small talk but it's just a weird version of it I mean maybe men do it too I don't know but um but anyway, I mean, women are, like, universally allowed to love salad, right? Like, nobody's going to get mad at a woman who loves salad. Right, that's... You know? That's totally acceptable. <laughs> right. So she's like, okay, I'm in the clear. I'm just loving salad. And it's almost like this sexual frustration that goes too far. And she's mm -hmm. like, I just love this salad so much. So she's, like, kind of this creepy, crouching masturbator person. Um, 
like outside hiding naked behind a bush just like using this salad to masturbate like because she's sort of sexually confused and like this seems like an acceptable place and she's kind of you know following the rules you know in yeah. her mind um now it makes sense the painting <laughs> yeah I, didn't, I don't think i got that <laughs> yeah from first look but now it makes sense because she has like kind of a look of detachment yeah or, or kind of like i don't know if it's an erotic look it's kind mm. of like oh, i'm just doing this mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of like coolly doing it yeah not kind of like oh my god what am i doing you know that sort of well it's like i mean i fail to believe that she's really getting much pleasure out of that salad maybe she is maybe she's gone so far that she's like eroticized it and it's like part of her erotic imagination or maybe she's just like i think there's a lot of female sexuality that is also just like performance like you're just pretending and hoping you start feeling something Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i think especially as as teenage girls there's so much like discomfort around what is actually arousing like mm-hmm. you're just kind of terrified that if anybody ever found out you had like a legitimate sexual fantasy about anything that that was like that wasn't like giving blowjobs or something you know that yeah. it would, like that was like more specific and had something to do with like your individual erotic imagination that would just be mortifying It'd, you know yeah, yeah. and um i think it takes women a really long time you know i mean maybe i should just speak for, for myself but but i think i think it's true i think there's I think that's a, all that's all people though. like yeah it's with dudes it's a different yeah it's there but it's just slightly different right you know like the louis ck bit where he's talking about young kids and they just will put it like in a refrigerator yeah. door or something like that <laughs> the fact that he says that is hilarious right. but you know there's that i think mm-hmm. coming to age yeah it's just different for maybe for the different genders or whatever right. but there's that awkwardness mm-hmm. that right. we all have with what we think we're supposed to do what we want to do right what society, what we think society wants us to do. Right. And there's definitely way more pressure on women than men when it comes to that. I think there's just a slightly wider breadth of things that are acceptable for men to, to feel. There's just a more likelihood that men's sexual fantasies are going to fall into some of the acceptable categories that are already laid out for them. And, um, and they talk about it. And they talk a lot about more it. <laughs> easily. Yeah. It's just like, yep, exactly. I did this today. You know, yeah. like, we're not. Or, like, and I think they talked. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't a, a dude teenager, but I'm assuming, like, I feel like they talked about masturbating or just, like, getting off a lot more openly. Or just, a girl's, I mean, at least, and I'll speak for myself again, like, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, like, girls did not admit to each other that they masturbated. That yeah. was, like, gross you know no, guys do <laughs> like, because i think there's the one guy who who will say it yeah. like the the alpha yeah and then the other ones are just or you know whatever yeah. whatever they're talking about mm-hmm. like oh, this is cool and then the other one's like oh yeah right. yeah, yeah. which is maybe kind of like the male pitfall is that they'll just like i Follow. don't know yeah yeah or the yeah i mean I, I shouldn't make too many generalities i think there are in i think there are narrow expressions like outward expressions of what of what guys can like sort of get excited about in general I mean my last body of work was all men um and they were kind of like these quasi um frontiersmen guys and they were kind of like going into um 
like American Western landscapes, but in the middle they were just sort of like stopping and chilling. They kind mm-hmm. of like forgot about Manifest Destiny or they like forgot what their job was. Yeah. Um, and just like, so it was a lot of like men in repose and in these like kind of vulnerable, introspective moments. Um, and yeah, and I think that was about sort of what I was observing as the limitations of masculinity. Like, you can't... It's like, you can have a sexuality, but you better be fucking doing it, you know? Like, yeah. it better be, like, something that you're killing at, you know? Right. Like, it's everything's a competition. It's like, nothing can be this, like, internal felt experience or, mm-hmm. you know, like, something that's naturally blossoming inside of you. Right. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like a... I don't know. Everything's kind of like a badge of honor or like an accomplishment. And of course, these are all sort of like gender generalities that I think like go- totally are things that both men and women experience, but mm-hmm. we sort of categorize them as masculine or feminine. Not that like yeah. men or women are, are immune to any of those feelings, but it's like, um, I don't know. I think, and that body of work too was like very much about the American dream and just like what we how we identify as Americans and I think that masculine uh, like story speaks for men and women a lot of people just feel like you know what am I if I'm not conquering something yeah Um, well that's what's really interesting and powerful about these paintings I think is that they are these women but and just talking about the way that they're painted too, they're large, like they're mm-hmm. big paintings. They're yeah. iconic. They're strong. They're, and at the same time, they're kind of detached yeah. in a way. So you're, I don't know there's a confidence in that. And I think, as far as what you're talking about technique-wise, I think then it's not showing off. It's actually, it's kind of placing these figures within a context of art history and the mm-hmm. way things are painted. But oh, you're tweaking you. it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, that's that my hope. <laughs> equation is kind of yeah. what makes the paintings. Mm-hmm. read the way they do yeah you know? I mean I didn't get the giant salad as being a uh, pleasure <laughs> thing but <laughs> well I have such a funny story about this so um I had uh I participated in Greenpoint Open Studios mm-hmm. um so I, I only did it one day but you know, the general public comes through. Um, I'm worried was, about where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a really great experience. I've never done open studios before. Um, and I found it, like, just really kind of informative. It was just so interesting to get, like, a read on the general energy that the pieces were putting off. Yeah. Just from, like, everybody. People, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, from whoever came in the door. There's no, like, these are the people I invited to my opening, you know. Right. It was, like... Um, <laughs> it got a lot of weird reactions from like older guys. Um, one of the guys, this was at the very end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked up to this painting of the woman with the salad, and he's like, he's holding this huge camera with this like telephoto lens, this, like big kind of like phallic camera, and he gets really close <laughs> to it, and he's like, um, he kind of like waves his hand at it, and he's like, "What is this?" You know, like mm-hmm. kind of incredulous and uh so I gave him kind of my like you know the interpretation that I like briefly gave you and um he kind of like leans over to me sort of like condescendingly and like gives me the side eye and he's like well you realize there's nothing phallic about that salad you know like (laughs) like 
how could she be getting any pleasure from this salad bowl? Right. It's not a penis. <laughs> and I like, I didn't even know where to start with him. And it was the end of the day. And I was just like, I was like, well, it doesn't have to be phallic. And he kind of like, huh. Like, shook his head like, it was, oh, what a novel light idea. Bulb, light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> he thought you were going to say, I just, I'm not good at painting hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, well, there's a dildo hidden under there. You just can't see it. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then he was like, can I take a picture? And I was like, sure. And he, like, got out his big phallic camera and took a picture oh, of it. Geez. But, um, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't even know where to start with that one. Um well, I think but, your work was speaking to the kind of people that you needed to speak to <laughs> yeah. in that instance. Yeah. You know? Well, it's weird. Sometimes I feel like, ugh, I mean, making paintings is is a weird place to like talk about some of this stuff because I don't know. You know, partially, I feel like I made the work about the men because I feel like most of the people that buy paintings are men mm-hmm. and you know men of a certain um level of success yeah. and um i had certainly dealt with several of them as collectors and part of me knew that people weren't going to buy those paintings necessarily yeah. <laughs> it's like or that people were going to respond to them with kind of like you know, I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to land or if I cared, you know, I was, I felt like I had to make them. Um, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to like sink into the people that I sort of wish most that it would sink into, but you know, I guess you can't really worry about those things. Um, and you know, same with these, I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like I just, I'm just more excited about making these than I've been in a really long time. And that's like, you know, that's all you, that's all you got. But um, I think yeah. just putting it in there though is yeah. is enough. I mean, it's as an artist, you're not you have ideas about that you want to, the viewer mm-hmm. to think about, but yeah. at the same time, you're not writing an essay. Exactly. You know, you yeah. want you're obviously talented at, at making images, and that's mm-hmm. where your expression is. Right. And people are going to misinterpret. I mean, you're going to yeah. have 50 people come in during open studios and have 50 different opinions yeah. of what this stuff means. <laughs> and in a way, that's good because you're planting yeah. that visual seed in their mind. Now, right. Not everyone's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And even if you write an op-ed piece for the Times, right. people might know exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. about gender or whatever it is, but a lot of people are going to say, well, I just don't buy that. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. look at current conditions and political mm-hmm. conditions. Yeah. Like, there are exactly. stark differences in yeah. message that people are either responding to or they're not responding to. Yeah. And it's pretty like one side to the other. But for sure, I think the nice thing about making work that's visual is it's not quite so cut and dry. Right. It's not that quick. Right. It like, sits and it kind of like simmers on some like other level that's not even not particularly verbal. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt like. Yeah, there were a couple other instances that day where it just, like, I don't know. Um, I felt like it was doing something subterranean. Like, I was only getting, like, weird reactions from guys. Like, yeah. um, Well, guys are creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just it. I don't know. But, but I feel like... But it was an interesting... That... I mean, it was interesting to just kind of case study 
that like the guys were the only they weren't necessarily being creepy I mean that guy was a little bit the, yeah. the camera guy Not, I mean just by like accident kind of right but they but kind of condescending <laughs> like you know an older guy who was you know that's the thing like nobody introduced themselves to me and said like I'm an artist myself or mm-hmm. like or like I've been you know engaging with this subject matter for a really long time like here are some of my thoughts like there was no like preamble there was nothing like here's why you might be interested in my feedback <laughs> there was yeah. just a like oh this is working over here but not over here bye you know <laughs> like yeah. just in and out kind of criticism but other people or were like, probably looking and yeah oh yeah and, definitely and I don't want to I don't want to dwell on I mean and I and I also want to emphasize that like I found this to be very interesting like those reactions I at the end of the day I was almost like oh I think some things are working like mm-hmm. it is it's I think it made a couple people feel uncomfortable in a, like a good way yeah. and they felt like they had to like fill up the space with like you know some other guy was like we've been walking around today and a lot of people don't have don't have it figured out but you're getting pretty close you keep on trying you know it's <laughs> like that which is fun, you know like yeah it, 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 not to say that I am I am still figuring it out you know like mm-hmm. it's not like I don't know but it's just a weird I feel like these they were just like these big paintings of detached women mm-hmm. and I got some reactions that were like do you need my approval like I like I'm gonna offer you something you need this right you yeah. know <laughs> like yeah. there was so I thought you know I found that interesting and like good actually that it was like bringing out that kind of response well you're getting a double down too because generally I think artists people who talk to artists about their work who don't know really about art mm-hmm. necessarily they're always condescending yeah. or there's always this thing like well <laughs> keep kinda, at it yeah it's or true. It's you're not true. really good right. but it's a brave effort or, you know right. unless you're doing you know that standard like mm-hmm. a you know a plein air landscape painting, right they can clearly understand like, yeah yeah oh this is painted well it's mm-hmm. a very nice atmosphere and then they would just yeah. probably say like these are great yeah. but otherwise if you're doing anything that has any content to it or right. they're going to be you know yeah like if you want to spend your life like this go ahead you yeah, know because yeah. the arts aren't put in our right. society they're not put on mm-hmm. you know back in the renaissance it's right. an elevated thing mm-hmm. today it's it's a deviant you know like <laughs> subgenre of right. whatever it is but, <laughs> you know i think that's the difference mm-hmm. so and so you're getting it as an artist and as a woman yeah. it's like twice as bad you yeah know? But it's but like I said, like at this point, it's just like fuel. At this point, it's just yeah. like, um, like there was a time where it did like legitimately intimidate and upset me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, you know, like I was saying, I had some some like pretty um, sort of assertive, older, rich male collectors that like. Um, I did not know how to interact with. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and of course I was younger too. Right. Um, but there was just this like power dynamic that I totally participated in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been so nice, like shedding that power dynamic, just yeah. like s- ceasing to believe that it matters is like, Oh, it's like everything. That was like my mid, early to mid twenties were just like, ang- 
anxiety about where I stood in those situations. Yeah. And, um, Which is natural. I think everyone goes yeah, through Yeah, I think that. everybody goes through It's that, just, you sure. know, in, in dealing with the art world, there's yeah. so many, not just collectors, but mm-hmm. dealers and peers, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you, ha- you kind of have to go through it yeah. to get the experience. And then uh, that's maybe the one benefit of aging. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm like, like aging so sucks, happy but, to be older. <laughs> but as you get older, you get confident, yeah. like you feel confident in what you do right. and how you feel about things. Mm-hmm. And you start to feel like you've gained some life experience. And, yeah. and you know, it's like I always bring up that side Seinfeld thing it's kind of like it's funny it's you know as he as you get older just like tiny things that people do will drive you crazy mm-hmm. like the one where the woman's eating a pea with a fork it's <laughs> like that's it we can't date you know like you yeah. get older you just know yeah. what you want yeah. you know what you yeah. don't want when you're mm-hmm. fresh out of school and a dealer comes to you or someone oh, yeah. wants it you're like yeah sure sounds right. great yeah and then you kind of you get in it and you mm-hmm. you have to go through the experience though or that you're, you're yeah. just not going to have the confidence or the experience to know how to react no, to any of it's it. It's so true. And yeah, I feel like the first paintings that I made were really about that too. Like I painted children um, kind of right. I was painting them sort of in school and then when I got out of school. Um, and yeah it was very much this feeling of like so I'm an artist now mm-hmm. I still feel like a kid <laughs> like um I I'm supposed to have this like yeah it was and it was grappling with like what is an artist and like what um how important are artists and like how much authority are we supposed to have and are supposed to feel and um, is it a charade? Like, I was like, is this like an emperor's new clothes thing? Like, am I just, am I supposed to be acting for the rest of my life? Or, or is this ever going to feel real? Like, it was definitely that, like, coming of age. And it's not, it feels real now, but not like anything I expected it to feel. Yeah. Which is funny. You know? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. It's like, never it's never what, what you think, you it's, think it's, it's going to be, but... Um, That's why we wax poetic, you know, on, yeah. on school, which mm-hmm. school in a way was terrible, right? Yeah. You, everyone wants to get out. Yeah. But then when you get out and you're working for a while and you realize there was it. so much great <laughs> stuff about being I in school. Know. And, and like I, and like I said, before we kind of started recording, like there are just things that I did not take advantage of. Yeah. Like there was so much there that could have been, oh, could have been so much richer. And there's like regret for, yeah. I mean, I was very much on like a, Yeah, that's the other thing I think about. Being a younger person, you, like, I very much wanted to have a roadmap and a plan, Mm -hmm. things sorted, and, like, a step, you know, A, B, C, D, you know, like, what I was going to do, how I was going to get there, I wanted to have it figured out, and, like... Wrong business. Oh, my God. You picked the wrong business. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That was another thing that was, like, early 20s really grappling with, like, oh, my God, there is no such thing as a sure thing in what I'm doing, like... And I ultimately, like, so freeing and so important for my psyche. Like, yeah. I, I needed it. Like, and I mean, I think I always wanted to be an artist and just never, until I, like, dived in the deep end of the swimming pool and, like, moved to New York and was, like, just trying it, which even while I was trying it, I just, like, couldn't believe that it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, but as it, growing up, you know, like, I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I thought I had to be yeah an illustrator or a commercial artist or something it just like did not seem plausible to be just a painter to just and it's not it's not (laughs) (laughs) i mean you do have to you have to do ultimately you have to do other things um or most of us do but um but to to just design your life around it and to make it like you know the 
reason you're doing everything else and to yeah you feel like, like you're cheating or getting away with yeah. it yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. wait I get to do really? this I know but it's such a one it's such yeah. a great thing to do and more people should, there should be I'm not going to get on this platform <laughs> but there should be more support for the arts you know? really there should be so. yeah. you know more of a of a you know in talking about mm-hmm. how hard it is to keep a studio in New York yeah and how difficult well, it is and, to and get we were by talking here. about this too like I think that's why you know you're I think the podcast is really important because it's so like yeah it's just people talking about that and like the reality of it and yeah because that was the other thing just like yeah and I had a a really weird trajectory like um yeah I got here in 2006 uh the economy was crazy awesome Mm -hmm. like I had all this success like right out of the undergrad like I, I didn't go to grad school and I still was like was like selling my work really young like living off of it and, and you get that feeling like this is how it's oh yeah be and I was like oh I made it yeah yeah <laughs> I did it <laughs> um it's just gonna coast on through for the rest of my life like this <laughs> and then um you know and the economy crashed and then also whether the economy crashes or not it's just like life ebbs and flows and your practice ebbs and flows and like not to mention you know, the cost of the city yeah this, and the just city being is in turning York. into yeah like a playground for rich people, yeah. basically. I mean, it's insane. It's the the cost of rent since <gasps> when I first moved here. Yeah. It's so much more difficult. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky, mm-hmm. it's rough seas to navigate yeah. at times. Yeah. But it's always great. Like I was, you know, having mentors or people that mm-hmm. have taught you who've been through the cycle. Yeah, everything's cyclical and right. you know, it's always nice to talk mm-hmm. to those people and, and hear the stories about yeah. you know how they got through it or right. how things come and go and mm-hmm. ebb and flow it makes you feel a little better right or just like build it you know I feel like lately I've been just like building my community a little bit more I was like I said I was out in the navy yard before and I was just like a little isolated like mm-hmm. it was harder to run into artists and um you know there's a lot of like import export businesses like peppered in it's not like a high enough concentration of like contact with people and yeah. um just like in the last couple months since I've moved it's been so much better just like being in other artists studios way more often Mm -hmm. and just like important yeah so important I think I was like I really forgot for a couple years how important I went through a long time of hermiting yeah that's what the Navy Yard was I I was in my I lived where I worked for a long time yeah and it was an apartment building yeah you know in Williamsburg so I Mm -hmm. just I didn't you know I had my core friends but I wasn't out and about as much and after a while of that, you realize, wait a minute, I gotta connect with people and mm-hmm. talk to people, and yeah. you don't realize how important it is until you go without it for a while, and right. then you hop back in and start talking to people about your work. Yeah. And it's especially when, my work so much, it's been like huge. Yeah, and you you want to feel like you have a support system, even mm-hmm. as just like mental support. It totally, artists. yeah, it's helped my work mostly just because it's made me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I just like my morale is up. Right. You know? Yeah, it's hard and, to be productive when you're bummed. Oh God, yeah, and 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 that's another thing that I think, like, that was another one of those ideas about being an artist that I had to kind of sort through in the work too. Was this like tortured artist thing and the like. Yeah being miserable is part of it or it's inevitable or you know it's just like this is a hard life and this is what I've chosen you know just like too much pity and too like way too much um you know but that prevented me from improving things you know I was like this is this is just what it's like and this is my lot and this is what I've chosen I just have to suffer through it you know yeah she was like 
Ugh, so silly. But because if you had the office job, you'd be yeah. like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> this is really bad." Because you're not even you don't even right. have the outlet. You're right. just nine to fiving it. Yeah, know? which I'm lucky to have never had. But I mean, uh, I don't know, lucky and unlucky. It wouldn't be nice to have something steadier, but. Um, well, that was another thing, too. I was doing day jobs that I really hated for many years. Just, like, I was waiting tables, and there's nothing wrong with waiting tables, but I just happened to be horrible at it, mm-hmm. and it was not suited for me. And, um, you know, I, you know, back to talking about gold stars, you know, I was just, like, not used to being so bad at something mm-hmm. and, like, <laughs> failing so hard at it and yeah. just, like, not making money, getting fired from places, and just, like... Um, and, and I did it for a really long time because I was just like, I need a job that I don't care about, that I don't like. Yeah. And yeah, I can need a job that makes me miserable. It'll motivate me to right. like work. And God, when I got rid of that too, like that changed everything. I was like, oh, let me do some stuff that I'm like kind of good at. Mm-hmm. And that like, I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be my passion, but, but like, yeah, I just started to do some other things on the side that like didn't make me miserable. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, good. Yeah. So you everything. um, you grew up in Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm what part Columbus. of Columbus, Columbus Ohio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like? Um, it was you know it was a nice place to grow up. Um, Did you wait tables? I well I hostessed. <laughs> At, uh, at a family bar and grill. Those are good gigs. The host. My friend <laughs> yeah. was a host, and I felt like I really wanted it because I used to wash dishes and bus tables. Yeah. And uh, the host gig was good. Yeah. I never. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I, I'll play my gender card here again. Like, ooh, it was. Um, I was like, I did it from fifteen to nineteen, and the mm-hmm. hostess stand was like right next to the bar. Oh, and there is a lot of inappropriate advances from gross drunk men. So, uh-huh. like, there was that part of it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was still fun. I, I still, I think fondly about that job. There were, mm-hmm. you know, a couple instances where um, I was not proud of the clientele. But, um, yeah. So, Columbus, Ohio, it was, it was good it was uh it's still you know kind of homogenous mm-hmm. um you know very like white just middle america i mean at least the suburb that i was in yeah um you know i was like grew up like 10 minutes away from osu's campus mm-hmm. it's very like very football focused culture yeah um blue collar mm, was it more or no i don't know it was it depended where you were in the city yeah. like it's a it's a very suburban city. So it's just like ringed with suburbs, mm-hmm. and you know there were nicer ones, and um, you know not as nice ones. But um, I feel like it was, but it was this very like I remember going to school um, in Rhode Island and like encountering the East Coast like in a real way for the mm-hmm. first time, and being so shocked that like. I was considered the weird one. Like, I was, I really felt so American, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I felt like I grew up in a place that was just, like, everywhere else. And, I mean, it was very naive, but I was, like, I really thought that it was just this, like, I don't know, and, and it gets treated that way politically. It's just like swing state. It kind of like stands for it's like you take the temperature of the country, yeah. kind of in Ohio. But um, 
but yeah, it's a very specific American experience. Um, and, and it was interesting. I had kind of a family that, I, it was a liberal county that I grew up in, in, you know, kind of a more or less Republican state. Mm-hmm. And um, I was raised Unitarian Universalist, which is like a very liberal, um, almost like kind of hippie religion, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like social justice based and um, they're very loose on doctrine or dogma. They like kind of, it's all like kind of very democratic and run by committee and like it's a mm-hmm. um, kind of a new new wave sort of religion. <laughs> um, it has Christian uh, lineage, but it's it's become something, something else. Um, and so I had kind of like, I don't know. My parents were way more like free spirited, I think, than I wouldn't call them hippies mm-hmm. at all, but um, because it was a very conservative place, like by comparison, they were like, you know, my brother is an actor, like producer, writer, pers- we're both like very creative. Mm-hmm. And I think my parents definitely. We got raised in like kind of funny little bubble in that town. Like um, they were like, you know, our minister was gay. They were like, follow your bliss, move to New York, like be artists. Like, um, so I do remember times growing up in Ohio just being like shocked by people. (laughs) Like coming into contact with people that didn't have that mindset, I was like, oh my god, it was. Uh, Did you just think they were super strict about things, or...? Um, mostly just homophobic, and just conservative, and... There's a lot um, out there. Yeah. Um, and, and just, like, concerned with, um, you know, like, keeping up with the Joneses kind of stuff, just, like... The other thing about Columbus, Ohio, is that it's, like, the headquarters of, like, Abercrombie and Limited and um, that whole brand, like Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. Bath and Body Works. Yeah. So it's kind of like mall country, yeah. I would call it. <laughs> it's like football country and mall country. So That's middle America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. It's very middle American. Um, did you play sports? I did play sports. Of course like, you did. I did you yeah. <laughs> well, that was, it was the weird, it was this expectation. You couldn't, um, if you were meeting other kids, the first question they'd ask is, what sports do you play? Yeah. Um, you had to play a sport. Right. <laughs> I played, I only played softball, which was actually, like, a pretty nerdy sport in my school. I, it was on the... What was the cool sport? Oh, the field co- hockey? Or mm, field hockey wasn't bad. I lacrosse. would say it was lacrosse and soccer were the sports. Football. Well, lacrosse kind of puts you in an economic class, right? Yeah. We know your school, yeah. what your school is kind of like if yes. you have a lacrosse team. Yeah, sorry. And I yeah, revealed soccer. myself. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was public school, public school, suburban. Um, but yeah, definitely some of that. Um, and, but it was funny. It was a football city in the sense that like everybody was Buckeyes, were Buckeyes fans, yeah. but it wasn't like our school was not very big on football. We had a football team, but they always lost. Soccer's big though. Yeah, soccer was huge. We had a, I think our soccer team won state. Like we had a really good soccer team. Nice. Um, and it sucked because 
our softball team could have been so good, but we were, um, we lost people to, our lacrosse team was just like enormous, like beyond any, there were like three JV teams, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. were like, nobody played. Like you were just on the team, right? To be on the team, mm-hmm. and only a couple people actually played. And we were like, "Try out for softball; you'll oh, actually they were play." All your players, yeah. But it wasn't the glamorous, right? It wasn't uh, a cool sport. sport. <laughs> yeah, but that that was like my thing. I was I did art and softball; those were like my main. Did you always of, draw, or was it classes, or? Um, it... Yeah, I always. I mean, I was really lucky. My. Um, my grandma started taking me to art lessons when I was like five. It was cool. this woman ran this like intergenerational art class out of the basement of like a gift shop in our <laughs> suburb. And she moved it to her house later. But I took lessons. My grandma started me off and she only went with me to like a couple lessons till I felt comfortable because mm-hmm. I was like five. And yeah. it was, there were like, there was like a college kid in there. There were like middle-aged women. There were, there was like, you know, a teenager. So it was just like all ages, but I was the youngest one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I stayed and took classes with that woman until high school. Um, so that was like every Wednesday for three hours. Um, and, and I was, she let me start with oil painting when I was five. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just, so I've always done that. It's like been, you were good at it right away. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You'll look at the, um, the first paintings that I did Mm -hmm. and she definitely, um, she, she was a kind of like whatever works kind of teacher and she would um you know first of all she would open up like kind of interior design catalogs with paintings and she'd mm-hmm. be like copy one of these do one of those <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd pick one you like and copy it mm-hmm. and and so and then if there were things that I couldn't get right and I was like I can't do that like I'm mm-hmm. five I can't right. do this she would just do it for me you uh-huh. know she'd be like see like this and she'd just do That's it on the though. painting no it was nice and I and at five I didn't care like yeah. I wasn't precious about it and I was just like oh that looks really good I did that you know yeah, I like yeah. took ownership <laughs> of it right away I was like that's my painting it looks awesome right um and there are some funny paintings that are like pretty good like skill wise um but then you and she, at the end she was always like well you have to sign your work and I would sign it and I couldn't I could barely like write my name I was like in kindergarten yeah. so like the script is just like this you know <laughs> but it's on this kind of like oil painting that looks like you know like at least the teenager did it yeah. like um so I'd say I don't know how good I was at it but I definitely like fell in love with it It really early yeah Yeah. and I like I wanted to do it I was like excited to go every week it was never I never tried to get out of it you Mm -hmm. know it was like my thing I looked forward to it how long did you do it um how long did I do it like how yeah uh like duration oh yeah so I did it for about 10 years like 5 till like 14 or 15 that's amazing that's kind of like like, a private tutor in a way or I mean it was invaluable did you have a good art class in school too um you know my like grade school and middle school was not anything so that's where you got it that's That's I got it from the the, yeah and it was so affordable this woman Linda Regula she like 
it was like, I don't know if she was charging everybody this, but it was $10 a class, you know? My mom wrote her a $40 check at the end of the month. Like, it was, I don't, like... $40 check. I know. (laughs) Like, it was invaluable. So, um... Do you keep in touch with her? Um, just a little bit, like, Mm Facebook-wise. Um, I'm... I mean, she must be excited to know that... Yeah, she is. You do what you do. Yeah, I think, like... She's the kind of person that I think is, like, very present with who she's... She's, like, the teacher with who she's with, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I mean, I think she's certainly proud. She has another student that um, she was with also kind of for that amount of time that yeah. has stayed in Ohio, and they're, like, they're very much in touch. Yeah. And, um, you know, but... But yeah, I think she's super involved in the arts community there yeah. too. Like, um, I can just imagine you sending sending her a picture of that though, and if she would be. Well, what's funny is that I mean I think she was a huge influence on me. Like she made her own work that was very kind of like psychological and figurative, mm-hmm. oh, and cool. um, like kind of about gender and like um, she grew up in West Virginia. And, and oh, so it's about kind of like Appalachia and, um, you know, That's her tough. issues with her father. And like, she was kind of an open book too. And like, yeah. um, I don't know. It was funny. Like that class for most of the time that I was there was populated by mostly like middle-aged or older women. Mm-hmm. And so I just like hung around and listened to their conversations oh, and man. like... <laughs> Found out what's going on in their lives, and yeah, because they don't think you're listening, but kids yeah. listen. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they take it in, they're sponges. Yeah, and she didn't try to hide anything either. You know, she was like, "This is what my work oh, is yeah. about." Like, yeah. Um, so she wouldn't say that's not, that's not what you use a salad for. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what she would say about. I wonder what Linda would think of these. Um, I don't. She would probably <laughs> really give me a hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I, I think hers her work was a little bit more illustrative or kind of like mm-hmm. straightforward in its communication, yeah. I think. Um, and, you know, when I was going to those classes, I was also um, really thinking that I was going to be a children's book illustrator. So mm-hmm. I, I did the oil paintings, but I was also, there was a big period of time where I like, I wrote a children's book and illustrated it for like, it was like an ongoing project that I worked on on and off from like fifth grade to eighth grade, I think. And, um, and I did like another little book of poems, you know, I just had these like long projects, um, that were like very illustration based. Um, and I was kind of into writing at that point too, not so much anymore, but, um, yeah. And like, middle school I was like <laughs> writing really bad poems and <laughs> like <laughs> expressing myself through every medium um but yeah no that class was like I, I would be a completely different person that's your foundation yeah, if yeah. I didn't. If what I about didn't music back then what were you into um was it big for you and well what's funny up? is so my 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 dad's a lawyer but he's um my whole life he's been like a bluegrass musician mm-hmm. um so he's been in bands my whole life so that was like it's funny like only recently am I really realizing like what a huge influence that had on me um I mean just to have also just like to have a dad that had a creative practice yeah like that 
was there the entire time. You didn't really um, think about it, but it was just maybe yeah, it was like so normal. Mind, you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. Plays music, yeah. and they, I mean, they had regular gig. He's been in two bands. Um, well, no, he's been in several bands, but two bands that I can really remember for, that were like, um, f- you know, when I was like seven on. Um, but they'd have band practice at the house mm-hmm. every week. Um, we'd go to their gigs. I like knew every. I knew all the songs. <laughs> it was like, like their little Scruggs type yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, they did original stuff. They did some yeah. covers. But um, my dad wrote a lot of music. He wrote a lot of songs. Guitar, banjo, or fiddle, or um, he, mandolin. He played the mandolin, mandolin. and the fiddle. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly the mandolin in the first band, I believe, and then the second band, mostly the fiddle. Um, but but he can kind of play all of those, but he doesn't, you know, he's like specializes yeah. in the. Um, a lot of bluegrass musicians are multi-instrumentalists. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. a lot of it is crossover. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, and I think before that he played in like a jazz band too. He played the piano for a while. Nice. We had a piano in the house. What, did he grow um, up playing music? Um, I think he like had piano lessons when he was little, but he mostly like learned it as an adult. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I mean... Are they from? Are your parents from Ohio? My dad grew up in Ohio. My mom grew up in upstate New York. Um, well, how'd she end up there? <laughs> she went to Kent State. Oh, for yeah, college. Yeah. Um, but wow, at that time? Yes, during yeah, that, that she was there. I'm just placing your age. I'm yeah, that's no, she the was time. there. My dad was in Vietnam. Um, the shootings were happening. She wanted to go check her mail to see if she had a letter from him. Mm-hmm. And they, like, arrested her, actually, because she wasn't supposed to be out because all that shit was happening. Yeah, they, they... Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I guess they met... Yeah, they met through my... Uh, her sister was married to his best friend. I think they met at their wedding. And, yeah, had a long romance. And I think she... Yeah, they met when he, she was 17 and he was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, kind of moved to Ohio for him, I think, and um, finished up at OSU. And, um, yeah, it's kind of. And my, yeah, my, so my dad's family was in Ohio. We were like close to his side of the family and our grandmother. And so, yeah, yeah that was where we. We wound up. He didn't. He he went to law school in Boston, but he was Ohio all the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. So mm-hmm. what was? So he played music, mm-hmm. but what were you listening to stuff other than that? Or oh was, yeah, was I mean, of, well, I'll say like all of our family vacation, all of our road trips were like bluegrass, yeah. finished to end. Like we didn't get to put on our music. It was. Do you like, hate it now, or can you listen? No, to I actually really like it now. At the time, I was annoyed by it because it was kind of like well, all yeah. we were listening to. You but, don't want to listen to what your parents. Um, to. But no, for me, I was like. Uh, I was such a weird little kid. I was like, had this incredible nostalgia for the sixties. It was like only listen to oldies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say like, and I had like a weird resentment for like all the popular music up until about high school. Like, I, you know, I wasn't into Nirvana when Nirvana was happening. Mm-hmm. It's like too bad. Like there are a thing. Like in retrospect, I, I am, but like. Yeah. At the time, I was like, Ugh, "This isn't music." I was like such an old person, you know. I was like, "But these kids are listening to these this. Isn't real rock. rock and roll?" Um, like I was obsessed with the Beatles. I like knew every song. 
had like all the albums um but yeah and then in high school I'll admit I definitely like I dove into the like mall culture pop music Mm -hmm. like um my first concert was Third Eye Blind and I was (laughs) oh my god I loved Third Eye Blind they were like they were my band (laughs) they they just they spoke to me which is ironic because I look back on it I remember my friend teaching me the lyrics to Semi-Charm Life in the pool in seventh grade and she's like feeding the lines to me and I don't know what any of them mean it's like all about like doing crystal meth and like <laughs> giving blowjobs and like as as like poppy as they are they have like very dark lyrics I think it's um, almost everything isn't everything it? is yeah yeah you but, don't realize when you're younger no. that I like I did that with the Beastie Boys I would right. learn every word mm-hmm. and then I would no recite it to my dad and yeah. he'd be like oh that's interesting. <laughs> My parents, you know, did the and I didn't. Exact same thing, I yeah. didn't think about it because yeah. I wasn't. It's yeah. like we as kids, you listen to a lot. You take everything in, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just spit stuff back out, and yeah. you don't even realize the context yeah, of it. Yeah, a lot like when of you it see movies and right stuff like that. Yeah, like I see movies that I think like <sighs> kids are watching younger movies mm-hmm. or kids are younger and watching movies and I think to myself like, man, that seems pretty heavy. But mm-hmm. I guess some stuff they just yeah. Know, or, but then they think of it later, and they're yeah. like, whoa, that was fucked up. Yeah. You let me watch that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My parents accidentally took me to Pulp Fiction when I was 10. Whoops. They didn't realize. Oh, no. They didn't, they didn't realize <laughs> what it was about. How they much? They kept covering up my eyes. I was going to they let you. I can't believe they stayed throughout the whole thing. It was no, a good they movie. They, they <laughs> stayed through the whole thing. Wait, yeah. how old were you at that point? I was point? 10. 10. They, like, covered up my eyes. Jesus. I know. It was bad. That they also like there I said, is so much content. I in know. That. Oh, all of that went over my head though. Like so much of it, I was so confused by it until like years later, and I was like, <laughs> like what's put it gimp? all together. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So much of the sex stuff. Oh, I man. was had no idea that any of that. Like your parents. They. This is what I mean. They were kind of like you know they were <laughs> liberal. They were like. Yeah. They let us dress ourselves, you know, they let us, like, they certainly didn't tell us what we could and couldn't watch. I mean, I'll say that was the really, that was, like, the biggest, it's not like they were taking us to, like, horror movies or anything. Like, they legitimately somehow missed the, you know, warnings about how bad that movie was. (laughs) I don't know, it was an R movie. I don't know why they... ten minutes into it, they're like, yeah, this isn't appropriate, but we'll we'll sit through this. Yeah, they just sat through it. I have a feeling, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, did did the babysitter cancel or something? I was also notoriously horrible to babysitters. I, like... I just, not well, like that's just punishment. What? <laughs> <laughs> Go I watch mean, Harvey Keitel. But I was just like very mad at them whenever they would leave, and yeah. so I was like just a wreck whenever you know poor, my poor babysitters. They just like, couldn't console me. I just like they did not want a babysitter. So I feel like they might have just been at their wits end. They're like, if we're ever going to see this movie, we just have to take her. Yeah. And, and like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, um, I think I was in college when, when yeah. that movie came out, and it was, for me, I was like, wow, that yeah. was mind-blowing. You know, just, I, even I thought to myself, wait, what's that? Yeah. Oh, what's that about? I, I didn't even know. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> really, that was, yeah, that was, like, the worst of it. Um, and, and an honest mistake. Like, I don't want to paint my parents, like... No, no, yeah. they're wonderful. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, my parents show... I saw The Day After when I was, like, an infant. Like, I was really young. What's The Day After? It was, 
it was probably before your time, but it yeah. was a movie about, it was a TV movie about, like, um, the nuclear bomb gets dropped. Oh, man, that'll and, give you nightmares. And it destroys everything, and it's a nuclear winter, and mm-hmm. I was freaked out. Mm-hmm. I remember my brother just, like, inconsolable, you know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Sure Sometimes you got to get to the movies, and, yeah. you gotta, and the kids have to come, yep. you know? I know. What are you going to do? Stay at home? <laughs> listen to them all night? Yeah, yeah exactly. Just gotta take you got to get out. you got some adult content in your life. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you were into you were into getting back to the music quickly. So what are you into now? What it's funny because I, I the, the one thing about these is they they make me think a little bit of like not like kind of rock. Yeah. Like classic rock. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a classic rock and then maybe uh, like a French new nouveau ooh, disco feel. Yeah, that, kind that, of like Justice meets um, T Rex. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds... I like that. That's a good take. Um, I have to say, I like... I'm kind of a cliche. Like, I listen to mostly what NPR, like, recommends mm-hmm. that I listen to. Um, I'm like, oh, that sounds... They, like, review something, and I'm like, oh, I'll get that. Listen to that. Um, but these days, like, a lot of... Um, I don't know. I, if I were to, like, look at my music taste broadly, I would say that I wind up listening to a lot of singer-songwriters. I think, like... Mm-hmm my yeah again that's sort of something me and my dad might have in common like that sensibility um well you but probably yeah in your formative exactly formative years you just kind of you know i think that happens you know you unconsciously listening to things when you're young Mm -hmm. and you just end up responding to it you may not even love love it but you respond to it then it's just like comforting at a certain level or you just like understand the structure of it and so it's yeah, so I'll say, okay, so besides Third Eye Blind, my other, like, big <laughs> high school love was probably Fiona Apple, and I still still kind of love Fiona Apple. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, like me some Amy Mann. I don't this is not, none of this is sounding very, like, <laughs> like what you're describing about no, the no, paintings. No, yeah. but, no, but that, um, that's an aesthetic, you know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. not, yeah. I mean, there's so many times where, paintings remind or people's artwork remind me of music mm-hmm. and they're listening to you yeah. know, something totally different yeah. like nothing but opera and you're like wait really? it's not death Ooh, metal that's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I do not listen to opera really I don't that would and I'll tell you I don't listen to that much music when I paint I do it's like I'd say it's like a radio to music like 70-30 split yeah um, well radio is nice because it takes your mind you know kind of off what you're doing in a way it really does it's like I have to distract like the logical part of my brain or yeah. something while I'm painting so that I can you know and even when you tune it out you can just like come in and out of it it just like I don't know it puts my brain in the place that it needs to be when it needs to be there yeah. in a very reliable way and um, yeah de- depending on my mood or what kind of music I'm listening to I can get very antsy mm-hmm. I'm listening. I can't like concentrate well listening to music yeah um especially oh i could i don't think i could listen to classical or opera anything that's too yeah it's like if there's no mood <laughs> like if it sets like a mood do you feel like you have to line it up with what you're painting no i don't know i'm just like totally distracted i find myself like as soon as i notice that my podcast has ended uh-huh I like completely abandon what I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> like it like resets my brain and I'm like wandering around, I'm like eating things and I'm like, why am I, why, am why I aren't I break? working? And then I'm like, oh, I have to put something else on. Right. It like 
puts me in like a trance state or something. I don't know what it is. I need yeah. to hear people talking. I like, actually really love to listen to stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I just can't get, I don't have enough content. I can't get enough to like listen to it on a regular basis. But yeah. if I could like just listen to stand-up while I painted, I would probably do that almost exclusively. Yeah, it's, I love stand-up. Yeah. I just love laughing. Yeah. It's great. I mean, like when I'm driving, <laughs> if I listen to stand-up, yeah. it's, it's really good. And it, it keeps you awake. Like it right. keeps you focused when you're driving yeah. because you're just cracking up usually most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I really think nice it's some of the most like subversive stuff out there too. Yeah. Like I think it, I think it doesn't get enough of a serious reputation. Uh, like the good stuff is like yeah. really mind bending. Well, I think it's and like art. It's kind of like a parallel creative yeah. form. It's got its own weird idiosyncrasies to yeah. the process of it. Mm-hmm. And and just listening to a lot of comedians on podcasts and talk about what they do, mm-hmm. the art form of it, it's like they have to put themselves in these mental states yeah. and like they their schedule's all weird and mm-hmm. they, the lifestyle the, of it. The lifestyle's cool. crazy. Like it's got its own yeah. culture mm-hmm. and no one else understands it except yeah. people in it. Yeah. You know, and and I think in that sense, maybe it's really interesting as an artist to listen to that. I think so. Because it's like what you do, but totally different. Right. You can just, but you can feel the practice in it. You can feel the, like, the necessity of, like, repetition. The grind, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you're right. Like, how the lifestyle is really, like, woven through it. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I, like... And I was, you know, my brother is an actor and kind of like an improv guy. Based here? He's, he was here for many years. Um, we actually lived together for a while, but he, uh, he's in LA now. Um, so I feel like, I don't know. He was, he's like a really funny guy. Mm -hmm. He was always sort of funny growing up and I don't know. I sometimes, maybe it's just like, uh, it feels familiar in that way too. Just like a nice... I don't know. It's, you know, it's nice to have someone make you laugh. I'm just it regardless. Is. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, things get heavy. Yeah, that's nice to be able to. That too. De-stress. Yeah, God, I can't listen to NPR for too long. Like the news. Oh God, um, I got to be careful of how much I, I listen to that at yeah. a time in the studio. I've made you know ever since like post nine eleven, mm-hmm. I binge watched news for mm-hmm. probably like a year and a half or two years. Yeah, you know, just like anxiously watch the news mm-hmm. and then it got to a point where it's like I'm done yeah. I'm just not gonna watch the news mm-hmm. it's a bummer yeah, yeah it totally is <laughs> and I, I'm like it, this is probably sort of irresponsible but like my husband is kind of a news junkie he reads he reads the news mm-hmm. like on his phone all the time like he gets alerts like he always knows what's happening yeah. and I just like I like need him to give it to me softly I'm like you know he'll be like uh oh like oh god tell oh, me no. what happened he has to like deliver it to me I kind of can't I like let him tell me what's going on which is like sort of lazy, but um, yeah. But yeah. it's nice to have a filter because yeah. otherwise it's just brutal. Yeah, he actually was the one that t- <laughs> that told me when Robin Williams died because he uh-huh. thought like I don't know he thought I was gonna have like a really emotional reaction to it or something. <laughs> I came home and he like turned around and looked at me and he's like, "Oh, have you heard?" I'm like, oh, "What?" Like what I thought it, it was, like, yeah. you know, which was sad, but um, it wasn't. It was weird, though. That was kind of a weird year. Um, I feel strange talking about it in like from my perspective because um, I am alive and well, and yeah. he is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's 
you know, it's been weird, a little weird having his name. Sometimes it's good, like people remember it. It's mm-hmm. like a funny icebreaker. It's nice. And, um, you know, but it is this kind of thing that follows you around. And um, his name was the most Googled term of that, of like 2015, I think, oh, or yeah. when he died. And um, it was like a surprisingly dark year for me. Uh, because I kind of like got erased. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like internet-wise, your name. Was, yeah, you couldn't find me. Yeah. Um, which, of course, again, is like nothing compared to um, the actual tragedy of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was like kind of a weird time. Yeah, because it's a very. I mean, you when you hear the name, you don't think of it. Like you think of him. Yeah. Course. No matter what. First. No matter what. You, you think, yeah, oh, he's always in the room when I'm in the room. Yeah, you know, um, which has like been good and bad. Um, I mean, I do like having a gender-neutral name, mm-hmm. and when because people think of him. I mean, I think if you heard the name Robin, most people would assume it was a female name, like in any other context. Right. But when it's Robin Williams. Um, people always assume I'm a man before they've met me or, mm-hmm. or know, any, know anything about me. Um, and usually an older man. They just kind of like, yeah, you they just draw a parallel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like kind of been interesting. Yeah. Like I do like that disconnect. Um, I like what that does to a conversation. Or, yeah. Um, people's expectations about me or my work. It's adds like, a little humor. That's when it work. adds, always has a little humor. And like. <laughs> the irony is, it's probably, I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. It's probably not his real name. Um, is it? It might not be. I mean, most actors. You're right. Change their name. Well, I think he's definitely, I think he's like Robin McLaren Williams or maybe. Robin McLaren or something like that. I used to know. So I like know way more about him than I should. Than you just ever because, would. Yeah, because I used to get um, fan mail or hate mail. Um, Weird. Yeah, I was collecting it for a while and I was like thinking about doing something with it, but um, I don't know. It doesn't seem <laughs> appropriate right, now. Right. Um, but uh, for a while and. It, I, I used to have my phone number on my website, um, which I took down because somebody called me and asked me to speak at like um, a veterans ball or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> like they, it's amazing the people because the, the people that would get in touch with me that thought they were contacting Robin Williams, like were always a little out of touch yeah. because they had to come to my website, see my paintings go to my contact page and still think that they were gonna speak with Robin Williams. That's, so you're dealing with that kind of Yeah, person. so that's the subset of yeah. fans that would come to me. And um, I guess he, you know, he had some political views. He's a little bit more, like, libertarian and I think, like, anti-immigration and, like, you know, a little xenophobic, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, but nonetheless, like I think that was part of his act. Kind of, we'd make jokes about that stuff, or we would speak about those things. And so, I'd either get people that were like, "Keep fighting the good fight, keep those Muslims out, we don't need them here," oh, you know, geez. like creepy stuff like that. Yeah. Or people that are like, you know, oh God, this was a sad one. <laughs> this guy emailed me, and he was like, "Um, yeah, nobody wants to hear your political views. Like, you are." Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a bigot, you know, just like really tearing him down. 
And then at the end, he goes, and your paintings are embarrassingly <laughs> vacant. <laughs> or something like that. Like, embarrassingly, you know, he, he really, like, took a shot at me. Yeah. And... That hit a nerve, right? It did. Yeah, I'm you could talk about to that admit. famous actor yeah. all you want, but my paintings are not crap. <laughs> and then you know, and I was like, you know, your brain's embarrassingly vacant. If you can't tell that, you know, I definitely wanted to right. like. You got the wrong person. Yeah. Um, uh, like Robin Williams would really have an art website. For I don't his know art. what people were thinking because I and some of them would be like, I thought they were jokes or something like I thought it was a joke or like that he had put up a fake website of like imagine I, these are the people that famous people as much as we want to make fun of them and think they've got it made these yeah. are the people they have to deal with I know every day it did not make me you know jealous of, of yeah. famous comedians you can be the most famous painter in the world yeah. and no one will know anything know. about you it's nice yeah <laughs> So yeah. we, we always have that cover for us, even <laughs> if we do well. Anonymity. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so what do you have coming up? What's gonna What's um, What are you working towards? Let's see. Or just working. Um, well, I've got a couple things. Well, there's a group show up right now at PPOW. I'm mm-hmm. not sure when you're gonna post this. I think it comes down uh, on the 29th. Um, we'll try to post it before. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um. And that one's called uh, The Woman Destroyed. I've got a couple, two pieces in that. It's mm-hmm. a great show. It, um, I'm like super proud to be in it. It's The Gutter Painting, right? Yeah. Is it called yeah. The Gutter? Uh, in the Gutter. In the Gutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Um, I'm going to have a couple pieces at uh, Expo Chicago in September. Um, I've got a small show that's actually going up at. Um, Bard at Simon Rock, the mm-hmm. campus over there. Uh-huh. Uh, that's I'm gonna do a little talk there on September sixth, and and I'm in a group show right now that's I think up through October in um, Los Gatos, California, their new museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, I'm just you know I'm painting. I always like to just paint like. I'm working on a show. Yeah. I don't have anything scheduled at the moment. Probably, you know, we're, me and my gallery are talking about it, but, um, you know, probably about a year from now, something like that. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Just and where can people go online to learn more about your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, where can I, they send you mail? <laughs> I, I officially go by Robin F. Williams these days, just to make the internet distinction. Um, so Smart my website move. is uh, robinfwilliams.com. Um, my, uh, I have a lot of stuff on Instagram that's more like process-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at at this this one's a little clunkier. Robin Francesca Williams, which oh, is nice. my middle name. Um, yeah. I think I came up with with that before I really understood Instagram, or the the longer the harder it would oh, be to yeah. find me. Yeah. So, <laughs> just sorry guys, Robin Francesca Williams. <laughs> um, so yeah, cool. That's, that's it. All right. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time. Um, Let me come over and see your paintings. Thanks for coming. It was great. This to talk was to you. awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right.